Hi, everyone, and welcome to Having It All, a podcast that explores the question, can we really have it all in life? My name is Matthew Bivens, and I believe that having it all means viewing life through a lens of abundance and love. You see, it's not about having anything, but instead about how we experience ourselves, other people, and life itself. In this podcast, my guests and I explore what having it all and creating your ideal life actually look like. We talk about the joy and contentment when you feel like you have it all, however it is that you define it. And we also talk about the profound and sometimes uncomfortable situations that you frequently must go through in order to create that ideal life. My goal with this podcast is that you walk away from each episode with new lessons that you can apply to your life, as well as real, raw stories of what having it all can look like. I want to spark the flame in your mind that asks, what does it look like to have it all in my life? So, with that, join me in having it all. Is it really possible for us to manifest our deepest values? In this conversation, I sit down with Colleen Patrick Goudreau to discuss living authentically and what she's learned through choosing a life that doesn't always align with the beliefs and habits that society has tried to hand her. We have a lot of fun in this conversation. Colleen is brilliant, and we go in on a number of really fascinating topics. So I'm excited for you to hear, and with that, let's jump right in. Today, I have the supreme pleasure of speaking with someone who I believe really has it all. Uh, she has those accomplishments that we commonly associate with success in life. She's a best-selling author of seven books. She's a renowned speaker and a host of an insanely popular podcast. And she's a sought-after expert and thought leader on living vegan. But I believe it's her heart, her compassion, and her message that really puts her in the having it all category. So I'm really, really excited for this conversation. And with that, I would like to welcome Colleen Patrick Goudreau to the show. Colleen, how are you being today? <laughs> That's a great question. Thanks for such a lovely introduction. I am, how are you being? I've never <laughs> been asked like that before. I love it. I, I love asking this question as well. It's one of my favorites. I don't know how to answer it. <laughs> well, I think the uh, the smile that I imagine you have on your face that I can feel through the microphone tells me you're being yeah. peaceful and joyous. A peaceful, yes, I am. I would, I think, yes, I think joyous, <laughs> peaceful. It's not, I, I strive toward that. I don't know mm. if I accomplish it all the time. Very nice. Well, uh, I asked that question because I think we we're often used to answering the question, "How are you doing?" Because we're so used to doing stuff, you know, we're doing this, we're doing that. And that's that's kind of our mindset. But um, I like to to reflect on who we are being and who we are becoming um, in all of this stuff. So that's why I ask. Yeah, you pretty much touched on the definitely the issue for me, which is um, which is learning to value myself as who I am, not not for what I do and accomplish. That's a that's a huge one for me. Mm, mm, that's powerful. Yeah. Very cool. So this is a great way to kick off this conversation. Um, I actually did want to want to hear more about, you know, 
who you are and, and a little bit more about yourself. I listed off some of the things in my opening, but I know I didn't do them justice. So can you just fill in the gaps for me and, and tell me a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, sure. Sorry. Um, so yeah, so I started doing this work about 17 years ago when I moved to California. I was an animal advocate back in New Jersey, but I continued it in a way that was much more profound for me when I moved to California. I had been vegetarian, but I became vegan and that really changed everything for me. It was really the ultimate awakening for me. I always say that I didn't become vegan as much as I removed the barrier to the compassion that had always been inside of me. And I think that's what that process really is for people is that we're, we're already kind, compassionate people, but we have all these blocks and those blocks were built when we were young and we were taught all the messages that were taught to live according to the status quo, to eat animals and contribute to all the ways we contribute to violence against them, you know, going to zoos, going to circuses, contributing to testing on them, et cetera. So I became vegan, became fully awake, and I started doing even more outreach when I moved out here. And I found and I find that people are moved by the reasons why uh, we don't want to contribute to harm against animals, but they really struggle with the how. And so I started doing teaching cooking classes. I mean, my I have a background in English literature. Communication and writing has always been, they've always been my passion um, as has animal protection. But I started teaching cooking classes because I found that people really asked the questions, what do I eat and where do I shop? And you know, what about holidays and all of the social questions, all of the nutrition questions around being vegan. And that's what I've really built my career on is being the how, answering all those questions, helping people transition in a way that's joyful and sustainable and delicious and all of the ways that's going to feel really good and positive because it's hard enough not living according to the status quo, or I should say it's hard enough you know, when you're outside of the status quo. Mm. Um, and I really want to help people, you know, feel that they don't have to apologize for it, that this is about manifesting your deepest values. And there's something really noble in that. And obviously something really beautiful in that. And I just want to make it easier for them so they don't feel so much like an outcast, which is often what happens, of course, when you're not living according to the status quo. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's powerful. You talked about the scripting of those beliefs that we have. You know, that happens when we're young, happens from the people we're around, our parents, whatever it is, and how, I mean, it, it, that applies in, a, in many different areas of life, um, but it absolutely applies in how we view animals. And, um, and also just when people th- hear the word vegan and they think of vegan eating, um, you mentioned it in, uh, I think, in, in, in the videos I was watching, um, you know, you sort of think that, well, the food's not going to taste good, it's going to have no flavor, it's going to be bland. Um, so I love that you are rescripting beliefs in uh, in a number of ways. Thank you. Yeah, that's really what it is. It's, it's also giving per- permit people permission to rescript them. I and one of the things you know you touched on it, right? It, the scripts that we're given and taught that are ingrained in us from when we're young are scripts that are related to so many different aspects of our lives. And becoming an adult is about re-examining those scripts and deciding which ones we want to live by, which ones we want to take something from, which ones we want to let go of. And, you know, when people say to me, but, oh my gosh, my parents, I'm going to my grandmother's house. This is how I grew up. And I'm so afraid to tell them that I'm vegan. I mean, I know people who are gay who have no problem coming out, like relative to t- coming out that they're vegan. Like they have, like, there's never like wow. a problem. <laughs> but telling them that they're vegan because it touches on so many 
fundamental relationships that we have to food, with food, with our families, right? I mean, food is the very first thing our mothers use to nourish us and nurture us. So it's really tied into deep emotional connections. And so when people say, but how am I, you know, this is how I was taught. I don't want to insult my family. My answer is, you know, there, this could be something else. This could be vegan. This could be food. This could be religion. This could be politics. Mm. That part of growing up is saying, what can I take that my family gave me and embrace and celebrate? And what can I say, you know, that's not mine, but this is mine over here. So this is to me, just one more element of, you know, kind of it doesn't have to be separating from our families, but at least deciding which scripts are ours. You know what I mean? Oh, that's powerful. I, I absolutely know what you mean. And I love how you said part of becoming an adult is looking at ourselves, looking at what scripts we've picked up from other people and chose to make our own and seeing if those really serve us. And one way that I like to think about this, it's like putting on a T-shirt, right? Like we wake up in the morning and we throw on a T-shirt. We can think of beliefs sort of the same way. Like we wake up, we put on a belief, but you can take off that shirt. You can remove that belief and try on a different one and, and see how that fits for you. And so I love how you said that, you know, becoming an adult, like that, that maturation process, part of it needs to be looking at those beliefs. That's right. And, you know, I say even more than that, I think the beliefs are there. So one of the things I, you know, I say a little facetiously, but I'm serious is when our parents have a hard time with us being, being vegan, you blame your parents for teaching you to be critical and compassionate and kind and, you know, tell them that it's their fault for teaching you to be a compassionate, critical thinking person. Hmm. Um, because on one hand, I really do believe that these beliefs are already there. Compassion, kindness. Most people would say that they're yeah. compassionate people. But the question is, how are you manifesting that in your behavior? And so with the T-shirt analogy, I would say it's actually even more than beliefs. Well, I'd think, I think that analogy works as well. But really, the word habit is mm. quite literally the etymology of the word habit refers to something you take off and put on. And we still we still have the remnants of that word in that context when we think of uh, particular religious groups like a nun wearing a habit. So we still have that um, that remnant. But if that's how you look at habits, that's that's exactly the idea is that it's about taking something off and putting something on again. And that can change every day. And that's OK. And that's part of what habits are about is is trying new ones on. But that's where people get stuck because these habits are tightly <laughs> woven yeah. on us and we're, they're so strong. They just rule us. Well, I, I love how you talked about habits. Um, that's something that we'll get into probably a little bit later. Um, but I'm, I'm a big fan of, of habits and looking at habits and seeing which ones serve us, which ones don't serve us, and talking about um, how we can, we can create new, healthy, empowering, loving habits. So um, very cool. Um, I want to jump into one of the questions that I have, and this is, this is funny because I would, what I would like to do is read the opening from your podcast, because I think your message that you have in the very opening of your podcast is powerful. So do you mind if I read that? No, no, thank you. All right. Awesome. Uh, your podcast is called welcome. Sorry. It's called food for thought. So your opening goes like this. Welcome to food for thought, the place to explore, celebrate and manifest a life motivated and defined by unconditional compassion and optimal wellness. That is, that is powerful. So can you tell us a little bit about what that means to you? Yeah, you know, the word vegan can be so confined to food or to people's fear 
around what it means or to really lack of understanding what it means. And so for me, being vegan is about manifesting compassion. I always talk about the fact that being vegan isn't an end in itself. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions about being vegan because people then start um, attaching perfection to it because Mm. they, they look at it as the end. But for me, being vegan is the means to an end. And for me, that end is optimal wellness and and unconditional compassion. So for me, it's really defining that this is what it means to live as compassionately as possible. And vegan happens to be one of the easiest and most accessible ways to get there. And, but really that's just one aspect of it. The rest of it is about, you know, what can we do? How do we manifest uh, the compassion that all of us have inside of us? So that's, I think what that means to me. Mm, that's powerful. Um, I love how you choose your words intentionally. That's mm-hmm. one thing I noticed from you as I was going through your website and um, just reading some of the different things you had. Your words are very, they're packed full of meaning and you, you string them together very intentionally. So um, I wanted to recognize that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so in the context of this show, having it all means having an abundant, loving life. So my question is, for you, what does is, what is having it all mean to you? To me, it means manifesting what I want right? What, what might be having it all to one person. And of course, in our society, we consider having it all being very, uh, superficial, obviously Mm -hmm. having a lot to do with owning things and possessions. Um, but that, and that might mean something to someone and that might mean having it all to someone, but to someone else, I really think it's about how you define what it is that you want. Like what, what, you know, what one person considers a lot, another person might consider not enough. It's really a matter of how you define that. So for me, having it all is absolutely about experiencing and having what I have defined as, uh, as valuable for me. So that's pretty much how I've lived my life is what do I want? What, how do I see my life? How do I envision this? And, and then how do I go about getting it? I very much believe in manifesting what we believe in. And I, I believe in it so strongly because I've experienced it myself. Mm. Now, is, is manifesting a habit that you've um, cultivated? You know, I know that there are things that you can do to help manifest different things in your life. Um, and that's something that, you know, you've, you've talked, talked about a couple of times in this conversation. So is manifestation something that you do habitually? Um, yeah, I, I think it actually is practice, if that's mm. what you're asking. Yes, I, is it practice? Yes. I do think it's practice. And what's really amazing about it is is when you get out of practice, you forget that that's actually this powerful thing right at your fingertips that you're just not using it. And so I think like with anything, it's really a matter of cultivating it and and practicing it. And then when you see that it works, you want to do more of it. And I think that's really the trick with any habit is when you see the benefits of it and when you, when you really, you have to do it for a certain amount of time to really get it into your bones mm-hmm. and then it becomes second nature. And that's the hope for all of us is that we aren't stuck. We don't have to be victims of our own personality or of our own past or our own upbringing. We really do have the ability. We have it if we want it. We have the ability to transcend all of that. So, but that's really about, I guess, kind of almost starting with, Believing it, but even if you don't believe it, I really do believe in practice and, and, it, and it comes to you. 
what are what are some of the practices that you would recommend to somebody if they're like, you know what, um, I want to manifest more in my life, but I don't really know where to begin. Well, I you you mentioned it a little bit in terms when you mentioned language and words. I believe in the power of the word, and I believe in the power of speaking and saying or writing, just expressing what it is we want. So first, we kind of have to get our articulate about what it is we want. We might not know. And that might, what might be helpful for that is really journaling. I mean, just kind of writing how, you know, what it is we want, what we envision. Some of it doesn't have to be physical things that we attain, but really maybe feelings that we experience or, you know, just a feeling that we have. And so, you know, kind of first getting clear about what it is you want and then saying it out loud and writing it down, putting it down and really saying it. Cause I feel like when we declare it, 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 it's almost like the universe can hear you. Like all the, all the, like the stuff that's going on goes, okay, I'm really clear now what it is that you want. Let me help get that. And it's also for your own sake is, you know, I mean, it starts with our thoughts is what is it that I want? And when you're, when you're clear about it and you articulate it, that's when it, we really experience the manifestation. Now that doesn't mean it's magic in the sense that all of a sudden it appears. What, that's not what it is. It is what happens is you become clear about what the next step is that you have to do Mm. because it takes work on your part, whatever it is that you want. So it's not like I want, you know, I want a new house or I want, you know, I want the, the, you know, maybe it's, I want to have the abundance. I want to have the money to be able to afford my first home. Well, it doesn't mean like you, like all of a sudden you get a home, like is, you know, you get a, (laughs) someone says, Hey, house, it means maybe all of a sudden a new job is put in your path that will enable you to make more money to be able to afford that. Or, uh, you know what I mean? So, so, and that, and then that's up to you to answer that calling. Like, wow, that's really interesting. This would mean something different, but it might mean stretching out of the comfort zones that I'm in right now. Yeah. Uh, so what do I have to do to get that? So it still means that you have to do the footwork, but, but things get put in your path then that enable you to actually attain whatever it is you want. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love how you said that. It's, you know, the the creation happens in stages. And like you said, it begins with a thought and then it moves into word, you know, which could be writing things down or speaking them out loud, speaking them into the universe. And then it has to move into action. You know, you actually have to go out and do and, you know, get things done. So I like that you said that. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I have a question now that um, I kind of want to switch gears a little bit and talk about challenges. Um, I've been a part of an accountability group for over two years now, and I, I love it. It's been a, a huge transformational force um, or, or power in my life. Um, one of the things that we do is we do something called an epic challenge, where a person has the, the opportunity to share something that they've just been stuck on in their life. Um, it could be something they've been stuck on for a long time. It could be uh, you know, a real big thing, but the idea is you know, what is that thing that you've been stuck on? So um, for you, Colleen, I am curious, what is a current epic challenge that you are working on? Oh, that's hard. I'm not in your accountability group. I'm <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, you, you, you share this with like a group of, of small group of people and you're asking me to share this with everybody who's listening. <clears throat> it's, um, it's all about, yeah, putting it, putting it out there. And then that's the first step towards getting through that challenge. But I think that what's valuable from it is that, you know, you are one of those people who um, I think has that uh, the success in a couple of ways you can define it. There's a success with the small S and then success with the big S. And, you know, you have the accomplishments, the 
um, you know, best-selling author, popular podcast show. You've done all those things, but then you're also very grounded and very centered and, and you understand what you want. So I think it's great to sort of show that people who have that type of success that you have, they still go through challenges. You know, there are still things that you run into that you just bump your head against that are like, ah, I can't get can't get over that. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious if there are any current epic challenges that you're working on and maybe not. Maybe you've just worked through one and you're waiting for the next one to present itself. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Of course, uh, we all experience challenges. I, I basically narrow down our experiences in life to lessons and gifts. I mean, that's mm. really all it is. And so everything that happens to us or who we are and every experience we have is really an opportunity to learn or embrace and, and, and appreciate. So I absolutely experience challenges. My epic challenge. Okay. Um, my epic challenge is probably, uh, probably trusting that no matter what happens, everything's going to be okay. And so fear can play. It's, I, people are always surprised. My audience is always surprised that I struggle with anything. And I'm like, that's absolutely ridiculous. I am as human as everybody else. Uh, absolutely. And, um, you know, I call myself a practicing human. Like that's, I mean, I make mistakes. I have regrets. I do, do all the same things. And fear yet, I mean, fear is one of those things that's it's really insidious and it can really do a job on us. And so, uh, you know, on one hand, fear can drive us and it drives me, uh, you know, because it makes me want to do more of whatever it is that's making me afraid of. You know, I don't want to. Right. But yeah. on the other yeah. hand, it can also be uh, it can also really give great discomfort. And so I am always striving toward trusting that whatever is happening right now that I'm not comfortable with, I'm not very good at process. I really am very good at uh, like the end. I like the, I like to like finish things. I love tests. I love goals. I write them down. I love crossing them out, but messiness that I can't control is very difficult for me. So I'm, so my, I would say my epic challenge is actually getting comfortable with the messy and knowing that on the other end of it, everything's going to be okay. To be really honest, that's, I think that's probably my epic challenge right now. I mean, that's that's a challenge that I can absolutely relate to. Um, I mean, the first thing you talked about with that fear, it it can be debilitating. And like you said, some folks are motivated by fear, like they get amped up by that that feeling that goes through their body. But other people can get completely stuck in their tracks. And um, I know I've experienced both. And one of the big things that I've personally experienced when it comes to fear is that um, I, I believe that it's my ego is afraid of of death, right? My ego is afraid of being confronted and ultimately dying. And once I kind of get beyond that and I realize, like you said, everything's going to be okay and everything will turn out. Um, I have always experienced that on the other end of fear is, is an amazing sweetness. It's just an amazing feeling that, wow, I, I made it through and it wasn't what I think thought it was going to be. And oh my gosh, look at what has opened up for me now that I've stepped through that fear. Right. And that's the trust. Mm. That's the trust to know that that has happened before. Right. Once you get a couple of notches, then you go, yeah, well, before when that happened and I was afraid and I got on the other side of it, everything was okay. So it's that kind of experience that you have to rack up and then say, 
well, my touchstone is that it was okay before, so it's got to be okay again. And that's the trust part. Mm, Uh, You know, that's also relying on other people and loved ones. I mean, that's what it's, that's what being part of a community is all about too. And I love that you're part of that community in one aspect in terms of the accountability group. I might have to look into that. I like. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's something that I never really thought of until it was presented to me. And now I am hooked. It's a powerful, powerful part of my personal um, self-growth and transformation. And um, just the way I experienced life over the past couple of years has really, uh, has really been impacted by that group. How many people are in the group? Um, seven people in the group. Seven is people. It, is that typical for these kinds of groups? Is that a good safe number? Um, that's that's actually a great question. Um, I personally have have created my own um, small accountability groups that I was running with entrepreneurs, and we would stick to four. So it'd be myself and up to four entrepreneurs. And the reason for that was because in the time frame that we allotted, I wanted everybody to have an opportunity to be under the spotlight and be highlighted. So mm-hmm. in a group of seven, um, we still have an opportunity for everybody to share and give feedback. Um, but when we go through the epic challenge, kind of like what you and I just went through, it's one person. So it's one person who is presenting their epic challenge and getting feedback from the other six in the group. And seven seems to be um, a nice size mm-hmm. for, uh, for, for you know, the accountability groups. I think maybe if you start adding more people, um, then it, it, you don't have that intimacy, I would imagine. Um, but seven's been the most that I've been in and it's been fantastic. Yeah, I love that. I actually, I'm part of a mastermind group and I'm sure you and your listeners mm. are mastermind groups are. And it really, for, for me, I would say that it kind of plays that same role because we yeah. really do yeah. keep each other accountable and we, we have such an, a connection with each other and we want each other to succeed. And, um, and so it's for business, but it's also personal too, because we're holding each other accountable for the stuff that might come up for us that makes it difficult for us to achieve whatever goal we've created, et cetera. So on that same note, I mean, I, I just, I love that. And again, that's just community. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Oh, it's an amazing thing. And for me, one of the biggest things I've gotten out of this was, um, I've learned how important it is for myself to be receiving feedback yeah. and receiving feedback has taught me humility. It's really just taught me to recognize when my ego wants to jump in there be, and say, no, you're wrong or no, I don't have to listen to that. But, you know, being a part of a group that holds me accountable to doing what I say I'm going to do and then gives me feedback on how they're experiencing me throughout everything has just been eye opening and has really sparked a lot of, of amazing things within me. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, this is, I, I love this, this, these types of, uh, like I was saying, the conversations that just go organically because I would love for everybody listening to, for themselves, think about the community that they have around them supporting them. Think about the mechanisms of receiving and giving feedback that they have in their life and just evaluate if they have them. And if you don't, maybe trying it out, trying and getting involved. Indeed. Cool. Yep, All right. I so it. I'm going to talk a little bit about your compassion quotes. Um, I really love your compassion quotes that you have on your website. And uh, I'd like if you can kind of explain a couple of them to me. Um, there's three that really, really stuck out that I highlighted that you know jumped out at me when I read them. Um, the first of them is risk having the life you want. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, it is what it sounds like. And again, yeah. it comes back to that fear, right? So again, uh, you know, I, I love the word audacity. Do you have the audacity to live the life you want to live? And that means taking risks. And it means, like you said, I mean, it's being vulnerable. It's being humble. It's, 
It's doing things outside of your comfort zone. For me, I am always trying to stretch outside my comfort zone, not in a way that I'm one of these people who's like an extreme sports person or like, you know, I always want to do something that's so radically different. Like I'm, my comfort zones are usually much more in a, an emotional kind of comfort zone that I want to stretch out of. Um, but uh, yeah, and I, and I challenge myself all the time to stretch out of something that you know, there's nothing wrong with comfort and there's nothing wrong with comfort zones. It's when that comfort or fear stops you from doing what you really, really want to do. And mm. so that's that's the lesson for me that I try to abide by. And that's that's what that means. Mm, powerful. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Um, the second one is being vegan doesn't make me better than anybody else, but it does make me better than I used to be. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's speaking to the fact that there's, you know, there there's judgment and misconception about people who are vegan. I mean, there's there's a concept I call being the vegan in the room, and it's really about being the person who's, you know, who's manifesting what they say they care about, which I don't think a lot of people are used to people actually living according to the values they say they have. Like we all say that we yeah. <laughs> this, but we don't necessarily live according to it. So I think it's really surprising and shocking and can really kind of rock people's boat when you show up and you say, this is who I am and I'm manifesting what I care about. And of course it holds up a mirror to other people. And so one of the defenses that happens because people, instead of always absorbing what it is that they see and looking at what it is that's being reflected back to them, they often deflect instead. And so they get defensive or hostile. And so one of the defenses is, um, so you think you're better than me, mm. um, to someone who's to someone who just said, hi, I'm vegan. And like, what you think you're better than me? Hi, no, I just said I'm vegan. Like I didn't say anything <laughs> else. All I said was I'm vegan. And so it's really speaking to that idea of like, this has nothing to do with you. This has absolutely nothing to do with you. This has everything to do with the joy that I feel knowing that I'm living according to the values that I say I have. Wow. I love that. That, that integrity right there. Um, the last one is a long one, but I think it's probably my favorite and the one that I read the most because it just it hit. It's not that we can make a difference. It's that we do make a difference. Everything we do has an impact on something or someone else. We don't get to decide whether we can make a difference. We get to decide only if the difference we make is negative or positive. There are no neutral actions. Mm. Yeah, I love that one. That gives me goosebumps. And I always end my talks with that. And people, it really resonates with people because it it's so empowering. I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting because again, like it's, you know, I pride myself on kind of raising the bar, right? I just, I'm just raising the bar and saying, can we do better? Can we just do better than what we were doing yesterday? Like, can we just raise that bar a little bit? And that idea is just raising the bar and saying, you know, people say, can you make a difference? Can, is this really possible? And, the, and it's the wrong question. The question is not, can we make a difference? The question is, can the difference we, you know, will, will the difference we make be negative or positive? And that's really what it comes down to. And that talk about accountability. Mm. I mean, that's accountability at its best as we realize that the power is in us to live the life that we want, to reflect the values that we say we have, to be healthy, to not be healthy, to hurt, to not hurt. It's up to us. It's up to nobody else. And that 
is the ultimate accountability. And some people might be afraid of that. I personally find it incredibly empowering. Absolutely. Because when you, I think when you really tap into that and when you internalize that, you realize that not only is everything you do important because, you know, it's all energy. So the energy is going out and it's impacting the world, but you can then do whatever it is that you want. You can create, you can manifest whatever it is you want. You can experience life the way that you choose. And you mentioned this earlier, you know, you aren't a victim to your upbringing. You aren't a victim to circumstance. You aren't a victim to the economy or your boss or the weather, none of that stuff. And um, all of that was just jam-packed into into this particular compassion um, quote, that, which is why I liked it so much. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So we are, we are rounding the, uh, nearing the end of our conversation. But um, before I let you go, I do have a couple more questions for you, Colleen. Um, this one is going to be another one of those questions where you're like, well, oh boy, what do, what do I, how do I respond to this thing? But uh, I am curious to hear what, what your big why in life is. Mm, big why. Mm-hmm. The big, the big purpose. Um, you know, I, my, it really has always been about wanting to be better than I was before. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the message that I also bring to the world that I think we can do better than we're doing now. And than we did yesterday. And for me, it really is all about the animals. Uh, I, I think about them every single day. They're the ones that drive my work, uh, the vulnerability of them, the, um, the, the talk about victimhood. I mean, they are yeah. absolutely yeah. victims of, of human uh, ego because it's really what it's about. You know, uh, it's really about our anthropocentrism that affects so many billions of lives. And so they're, they're my why. And I am, I'm hopeful because I believe in the, the compassion of us as humans and the, and, and what gives me hope is my awareness of, and my experience of seeing people change. I mean, that's what gives me hope. Um, so for me, I want to leave this planet having raised the bar and shifted the paradigm, if only a little bit to change the way we regard and treat animals. So, you know, I really have to say that they, they really are my why they're the reason I do this work. They're the reason I feel guilty when I'm not doing this work. I mean, they really are, they drive everything. Um, they drive everything because they can't speak for themselves and they can't do it themselves. Mm, That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Raising the bar and shifting that paradigm. Um, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Um, so as we come to a close here, um, I heard something about a retreat that you have going on in May, and I was wondering if you could um, kind of illuminate me and share with me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I'm calling it uh, Compassion Immersion, and, you know, because again, it's not just about being vegan. For me, it's about um, compassion. And so I, you know, I travel around and I speak at different uh, events, and I love that, and yet I thought it was time to put on my own event so that I can create the kinds of sessions and workshops and activities uh, that I think are valuable that I also know that people ask for and really value. So uh, so I decided to put on this retreat and the inspiration was because my podcast, Food for Thought, is celebrating its 10th year, which is yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> amazing. Um, amazing. Also means 10 years have passed. So, um, so I'm excited about that and I just put it out to my audience and they're so excited to immerse themselves into this 
um, you know, you know, what people have been hearing me talk about, what, we, what you and I have been talking about, but in ways that are just really structured so that people can walk away with hope and, um, and strategies for compassionate communication, strategies for self-compassion, strategies for advocacy that are effective and compassionate, um, um, avoiding compassion fatigue. A lot of animal advocates can just be overwhelmed by the amount of suffering and then feel really despondent. So it's really about tapping into that and creating a community for, for everybody to, to really learn these skills, to live as compassionately as possible for ourselves and for everybody else. Wow. And, and where can we go to get information on that? Is there information available right now? Yeah, so it's going to be on my website. We're actually getting the registration information up very shortly. So maybe by the time this airs, it will be there. But awesome. um, it can be found at my website. Yeah. Okay, so they can just go to joyfulvegan.com and they'll be able to uh, get some more info about the retreat. Yep, that's right. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, is there anything else that you want to talk about or, or inform the listeners on? Well, I mean, I always have, you know, the 30 day vegan challenge, which is for me such a, I love having the book and the online program for people to say, I'm willing to at least try this. So again, stretching our comfort zones and at least raising the bar a little bit in 30 days, if you can't do something for 30 days, then there are other issues I think that you'd have to look <laughs> at. But, um, but the idea is to stretch our comfort zones a little bit. And the 30 day vegan challenge really offers that opportunity to shed some old habits and create some new ones. And whatever you decide to do at the end of the 30 days, I can guarantee you'll have learned something and gained something within that time period. So yeah, so I encourage people to just go check out the 30 Day Vegan Challenge. Wonderful, wonderful. And I'll have links to uh, your website as well as the challenge, a link to that um, in the show notes for this for this episode. Thanks, Matthew. Wonderful. Well, Colleen, um, I'm really grateful to you for carving out some time with me today. And um, just just talking and, and opening up and um, being vulnerable, being a little bit courageous um, and sharing. So thank you. Thank you so much, Colleen. Thank you. You're amazing. And I'm really looking forward to hearing more of your work and following you more. So I'm, you're on my radar now and I'm really grateful. So thank you for what you're doing, Matthew. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, it was a pleasure to speak with you as well. All right. Yeah, you're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. What a, what a great conversation. Thank you for that. Thank you. You're so good at this. You're just really authentic and present and, um, really good listener and, uh, and just really, you've got a really lovely energy. I really, um, I really love it. So I'm really looking forward <laughs> to, to hearing more. So is your podcast, is your podcast relatively new? Forgive me for not knowing. Oh yes. Yes. No, that's no problem at all. Um, so this is my second podcast and it ha is not launched yet. So what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm interviewing people that I just find amazing and inspiring like yourself, um, and I'm collecting everything. So we're ready to launch, and my launch date currently is looking at the first week in March. So that's mm -hmm. when I plan on launching this sucker, and um, I'm super excited because my first podcast was um, more about marketing. That's my background. I've, I was in digital marketing for about six years, and so it was marketing-based, but I would always sprinkle in things that were kind of like the, what we were talking about today, you know, how to, how to live a more empowered, authentic, fulfilled, happy, joyful life. And I just, I decided, you know, not, not too long ago, actually, that I wanted to jump full into that type of work and talking about these types of things, um, because that's what I'm truly inspired about myself. And, um, yeah, so I've, I've been interviewing just some really fascinating people and, um, it's it's so much fun and when i have someone like yourself who's just bright and and open and 
uh, all of that, it makes it amazing for me. So it's yeah. a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, I'll get on your mailing list so I can keep um, uh, abreast of everything and just make sure cool. you let Danielle know when our podcast airs because I'll obviously share it with my audience. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. I will let her know and I will be in touch. And um, Colleen, have, have a beautiful day and do what you do. Go change the world. And I'm going to be watching. And um, yeah, it's amazing. Thanks, Matthew. You have a beautiful day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Two quick things before you leave. First, did you know that the Having It All podcast is a part of the Fireside Network? Yep, that's right. We are one of the shows that calls Fireside Network home. That means if you ever want to listen to a show outside of iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your favorite podcasting app is, all you have to do is visit www.firesidenetwork.com dot com forward slash having it all from there you can access all of the episodes see the show notes learn about my guests and more second we also have a standalone website for having it all where you can learn about me discover how we further our mission at having it all and pick up some free content around creating your ideal life and just experiencing life more powerfully you can find that at www.havingitall.co. Again, that's www.havingitall.co. Thanks again for listening to the show. Here's to you having it all. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done... Why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.